Happy Monday morning. I hope you don't have a case of the Mondays. We got a great day ahead of us and a great text ahead of us. We're in Matthew chapter 9 today. This is Between the Lines with Junior. And I'm Scott. And I'm going to get right into reading. Hopefully you did your reading over the weekend, uh, chapter 7 and 8 of Matthew, and finished off the Sermon on the Mount well. But let's get into chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town, which would have been Capernaum. That's where he called home at the time. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. By the way, notice it says seeing their faith. That is the people who brought the paralyzed man. It wasn't the man who was healed. It wasn't his faith. It was the people who brought the man to Jesus. Just imagine that. that You have a man who's paralyzed, so obvious. There's a huge, obvious physical issue going on, and yet Jesus... Forgives his sins. Yeah, it doesn't which, say anything about which shows something yep. something about Jesus. Jesus cares more about the spiritual than the physical. Yep. Yep. But some of the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, "That's blasphemy." Does he think he's God? And Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, "Why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts?" <laughs> which that was a miracle in and of itself because he was reading their minds. Yeah, he was reading their minds. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. By the way, when he calls himself the Son of Man, that was the term used by the prophets in the Old Testament for the Messiah. So this was a claim to deity even there. Mm-hmm. And the, meaning by the Son of Man as in the that God himself being born of man as the Messiah. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Now he cared about his physical problems as well, but he cared more about his spiritual state. Verse 7, the man jumped up and went home. This you was about that. gradual this, healing. No, this, well, this was a man who also had atrophy. You're talking about paralyzed, oh. very uh, atrophied muscles, and yet all of a sudden he jumps up and he, and he <laughs> runs home. Everything was healed, and it was yep. all healed instantaneously. Then fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen, which we would as well. And they praised God for giving humans such authority. It was this amazement, like, how could this be? Verse 9, this is cool because now we're going to hear about the guy who's actually writing these words Mm -hmm. and how he became Jesus' disciple. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Just like the other disciples, it was immediate. He just did it. Gave up on his lucrative income from the career he had established, and he followed Jesus. And Jesus was calling somebody that most other Jews hated. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't matter what your background is. He's interested in you, and he wants you to follow him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners, people that had bad reputations among the Jews. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Which is the key to understanding this verse, because he wasn't saying, well, you Pharisees, you don't need me uh, because you're already righteous. He was saying the problem is this, that this guy, these guys who are sinners and have a bad reputation, they know that they're sinners. Your problem is, is that you don't think you need me. You no, don't goes, think yeah, you need a doctor. It goes back to what you, we read in the last chapter when he was up on the mountain just before this, and he said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Yeah, they were, but the Pharisees were not. They did not see their need for God. 
One day, the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? We talked about this on Friday about fasting, and, and it's something that we as Christians should do. And so, But they're wondering, why don't the disciples fast? And Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? In other words, there's a time and place for mourning. Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine in old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. Essentially, Jesus' message here is that I have come to bring an entirely new covenant, which was the meaning that he gave with the, with the Last Supper when he said, this is a new covenant in my blood. I've come for a new covenant. There's a change that is coming. Why don't you take it up from here in verse 18, Junior? Yeah, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of the synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with a constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that very moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. The crowd was just put outside. However, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand, and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept to the entire countryside. I mean, would you have loved to have been witnesses to these unbelievable miracles that all stem from the fact that Jesus is not just a, an ordinary person. He was the God-man there, certainly caring for people, but in a greater way to bring about salvation to the world. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. And Jesus sternly warned them, Don't tell anyone about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. You know, something... My daughter, right now, she has some eye issues, mm -hmm. you know, glaucoma, and the do doctors are trying to figure that out. danger of her losing her sight. Yeah. And it just, it does go to show you, though, with the eye, it's so complicated. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, when, you know, growing up, when I'd read these miracles of the blind being healed, you just think, oh, it's like this instantaneous, oh, they can see. These men weren't just healed, like, oh, they can see. They had brain changes, too, because mm -hmm. the brain is so intertwined with your eye that even, like, just depth perception would have been very difficult for blind people to, to understand when they can see now. Jesus's healing was full, and it wasn't just the eye. It, it, it involved parts of the brain as well. It was the creator at work with his creative yep. uh, work. Yeah. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak uh, was, was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. The Pharisees said he can cast out demons because he's empowered by the prince of demons. Jesus traveled throughout the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. 
And then the cool thing is we're going to pick this up tomorrow, but when we get into chapter 10, right after he says, pray that the Lord will send workers into the harvest field, he then sends out his disciples into the harvest field. So we are to pray for workers into the harvest field, but then we are to be those workers and to go. Well, on your own, you're going to read through Proverbs chapter 9 this week. I mean, we could say this about every proverb I know, but it's a great chapter. I I do love verse 8. Though it says, don't bother correcting mockers, they will only hate you. Correct the wise and they will love you. A lot of times, you know, we read that and we think, oh, so I should not correct a mocker, I should correct the wise. Well, yeah, that's true. But it makes me ask myself, well, which one am I when people correct me? Mm. Am I the mocker where I hate people when they correct me and I I get upset and I get all salty about it? Or do I love the person that that takes the time to point out something that I can, uh, way I can get better and follow Jesus better? And because we all need that. We need other people in our lives helping us to point us in the, in the right direction. That's right. Hey, this was great. Uh, yep. Great passage uh, as for us, and we encourage you, please do. Please read Proverbs 9 or listen to it on the app. And uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, be with us again tomorrow. This is Between the Lines and uh, with Scott and Junior, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless. <laughs>